This is the Narratorium, dedicated to bringing you free short fiction in a variety of formats, including audio, web, and ebook formats. Please visit our website at narratorium.com. This is a story called Paradise Lost, and yes, the reference to John Milton's poem is deliberate. The day began with a blood-red sky that lit up the interior of the cave with a ruddy glow. Waking up and finding Josh missing, Ellie got up and went to find him. She didn't have to go very far. There he was, sitting on a sand dune, staring out to sea, silhouetted against the spectacular sky. Her dilemma. She came up and sat down beside him. He was still a head shorter than her, and she put her arm round his shoulders. She could tell that he'd been crying. Barely acknowledging her presence, he said thickly, I miss my dad. I miss my mum and dad too, she said softly, and everyone else. It was harder on Josh right now, though. They'd buried Josh's father only about a week ago. Ellie, on the other hand, had had two or three months to reconcile herself to the loss of her parents. It was hard to be definite about the lapse of time here, Ellie thought to herself. She'd better start making some kind of calendar. Scratches on the wall of the cave, perhaps, or a pile of white stones. She should have done it sooner. The sun began to emerge from amidst the flaming clouds. Red sky in the morning, sailor's warning, she said. A pointless remark, really, but it was something to say. Josh shrugged off her arm in a sudden angry gesture. Why do we get into that boat, then? There were lots of red skies before we left. We shouldn't. We should never have gotten in that boat. We should have stayed at home. And he stalked away from her, trying to hide his sudden tears. Ellie forgave him those tears. He'd been through a lot, and he was only half her age. She was twenty-two. He was only eleven. Only eleven. But they couldn't have stayed at home. Not with all the chaos going on. Millions were dying, and the group had counted themselves lucky, very lucky indeed, to have the chance of escape on the charter boat. Trying to reach somewhere cooler, somewhere where the wars weren't happening, somewhere beyond the reach of the fallout. It was easy now, in retrospect, to see that their voyage had been hopeless, a fool's quest. But perhaps if they'd stayed, it would have been worse. It might have been a quicker end, though. Sometimes hope was the most treacherous of emotions. Their hopes had been wrecked, literally, on the shore of this island. It had been the middle of the night, and Ellie remembered the horror only too well. The crowded boat, barely enough room to move about. Everyone with their pathetic belongings clutched tightly to them. The wild winds on the huge waves. The crying and the stench of vomit. And then the sudden terrible shock as the boat struck the unseen reef. The dizzying spin as she was thrown from the deck into the cold salt water. Her desperate struggle to stay afloat, even with the precious life jacket that her father had paid a fortune to obtain for her before they left the screams and the awful cracking sound as the boat broke up, floundering in the water, spitting out gulps of brine, half choking, and then the blessed feel of something solid beneath her feet and stumbling up the beach to lie exhausted until the sun had come up. So very few of them had survived. Their parents had both drowned, along with all but a handful of those who had been aboard. Ellie, Josh and his father Derek, and Mrs Goldberg, Mrs. Goldberg hadn't lasted long, poor old lady. And Josh's father had died of what was probably a heart attack last week. But he hadn't been well for weeks before that, 
deprived of the half-dozen medications he was supposed to take every day. His lips had been constantly a shade of light blue for days before he died, but there was nothing that Ellie could do for him. Josh walked back to Ellie. What do you want me to do today? he asked sulkily. He wasn't a bad kid, and Ellie had grown quite fond of him, but he had been spoiled by his former life. Had been one of those overweight kids who would rather have played a video football game than dream of actually going outside and kicking a ball about. All that was gone now, of course, and on their meagre diet Josh had slimmed down and was starting to become fit. Eventually his mind would catch up with that, and he might even grow up into a nice young man. If only... Go and collect some gull eggs, she said briskly to him. But the birds peck at me, I don't like it. Use your stick and hit them hard. If you kill any of the birds, all the better, bring them back. Come on, Josh, you've done this dozens of times before. You don't want to starve, do you? He shook his head and set off compliantly enough to climb up the cliff toward the gull nest, wearing one of the backpacks they had rescued from the surf. Ellie returned to the cave to check on the driftwood fire. She didn't want it to go out, though she had no great fear that she couldn't light a new one if she had to. On a rough shelf in the cave she had stacked a dozen cigarette lighters they had scooped up from the waves, and their precious reserves of butane all seemed to be intact. She looked round the cave, checking their supplies. Considering how many bodies had sunk beneath the sea after they had struck the reef, it was stunning how many cases and packs had floated and come to the shore. She had long since mentally catalogued all their contents. She and Josh had enough clothing to keep them warm for the rest of their lives, if they were careful not to wear anything out unnecessarily. There were several bottles of multivitamins stacked in a pile, though how long their potency would last was anyone's guess. And she smiled sardonically at the rows of useless cell phones she had arranged on ledges. She wasn't sure why she kept them, except for decoration. Time to go out gathering. There were rock pools on the shore with limpets and crabs, easy to gather if you didn't mind the odd nip on your fingers. She'd tried eating some of the seaweed, but it was nasty stuff. Nevertheless, it stayed down, and maybe it did them some good. The lack of vegetables was her biggest concern, and she was cautiously trying various plants around the island to discover what might be edible. A lot of this island, she supposed, would have been covered with ice at one time, but with the warming of the last few decades, areas of reasonably rich soil were being exposed, and new plants were sprouting up, probably from wind-borne seeds or bird droppings. Bring back her harvest, she stood looking for a while at Josh, now starting to climb down the cliff face. She sighed. There was no hope of rescue. None at all. The world had been busy destroying itself when they left. If anything like civilization still remained on the mainland, it would be centuries before it got back onto its feet. And even then, why should they come exploring up here? It would hardly be a priority. Josh was her biggest problem. It was nice to have some sort of companionship, she supposed. In his best moments he was quite a nice kid. But in a year or two he would reach puberty, and then he would start looking at Ellie with a different eye. He'd turn into a big man, too. Derek, his father, had looked as if he'd been a tall, beefy man in his prime. Ellie had always been a practical, down-to-earth person. While it was nice to dream of her and Josh as an unlikely sort of Adam and Eve, repopulating the world with their children, the practicalities were hopeless. She had found a few packets of the contraceptive pill in the luggage, but the sum total of their daily dosages didn't add up to more than a year or two, and then they would be gone. Without them, she would be likely to give birth every second year, in a place with no medical facilities and no midwives. Her odds of dying during childbirth or its aftermath were frighteningly high.
leaving Josh with a gaggle of babies or toddlers to look after in this desolate place. And then what? No, she simply couldn't let that happen. She eyed Josh as he reached the base of the cliff and started toward her. He was a nice enough kid, but sometime soon she was going to have to kill him. Thank you for listening. That was a story by David Grigg. Read by David Grigg. Copyright 2013. All rights reserved.